listen up, dear parent. I know you're busy managing life, taking care of kids, working. You've got aging parents, family schedules to manage, not to mention managing your own home. At a time when there's no shortage of distractions, you showing up here means you're prioritizing your own learning and how you can thrive through these middle school years. But your sixth through ninth grader has real challenges, very real for them and for you. Crushes, technology, acne, managing school, bullies, friendship drama, public speaking, trying out for sports teams, or the school play, the list goes on and on. And you are left really wanting to support them as best as possible, but you're often left feeling like A, you don't want to hover, B, you don't want to push them away or have them push you away, and you're worried about their safety. Maybe your life resembles one of these descriptions, or maybe it's something else. The truth is that the solution lies in just two words, your relationship. Today's episode is dedicated to strengthening your relationship with your middle schooler. It, meaning your relationship, and Rome were not built in a day. Becoming a trusted source and confidant takes time, and that's why you're here. You're ready to devote the time. I don't say this lightly. This one single move of listening to this episode has the potential to change your life for the better if you use it. Hi, I'm Ashley Chandler, adolescent and parent educator, and I'm on a mission to help middle schoolers and parents carve a more seamless path through these often turbulent years. Imagine having the beliefs, strategies, and support you both need and feeling confidence and connection beyond your wildest dreams. This podcast aims to bring you these things each week by integrating the art, science, and soul of raising an early adolescent. If you're ready to elevate adolescence, listen in now. According to a recent study published by Developmental Psychology, raising an early adolescent kid is proven to be the toughest stage of development for parents. So no shocker to you, I'm sure. Your little kid is crossing into the stage notorious for peer pressure, substance use, and factors that contribute to this mental health crisis adolescent kids and parents are facing today. Just when you want to pull them a little bit closer, they're likely pulling away. That's why I've created the Relate Method, which is what I'm giving you an overview of today. If you want to hold a copy in your hand, you're in luck. Head on over to my podcast page and it's linked in the show notes. It's just a really easily accessible go-to guide to help you build the beliefs and skills necessary to build an unbreakable bond during these pivotal years. Dr. Dan Siegel, a professional hero of mine, says one of the very best scientific predictors of how any kid turns out in terms of happiness, academic success, leadership skills, and meaningful relationships is whether at least one adult in their life has consistently shown up for them. To show up is to relate. To relate is not to be perfect. As in friendships, it's not the quantity of friends you have, but the quality. If you practice these things I'm going to share with you today, where you can, it will still improve your relationship. If you mess up or you develop unhealthy patterns, forgive yourself. Have people hold you accountable to improve. This cycle of accountability and intention to grow is equally as powerful to your kiddo. So let's dive in. RELATE is an acronym that stands for 
R, reveal, reveal the real you. E, engage, bring high quality presence. L, listen, absorb without an agenda. It's a biggie. A is to attune, tune into their state of being. T is to trust. You reciprocate, say, then do. E is to elevate, believe and act beyond the status quo. So I'm going to break each one of these down in this episode, as well as give you what this looks like at home in real life and conversation starters to get that connection going. So let's start with R, reveal. So I want you to reflect and think about a close relationship you've had in your life. Chances are high. One of the cornerstones of that bond is the fact that you can be yourself in each moment. There's an ease in the highs, the lows, the conflict, and celebration. There's no shortage of research to support the fact that vulnerability and authenticity are the gateways to connection. And to reveal your real self is the gateway to the strong bond you want with your adolescent. Privately, This means you pay close attention to your inner voice and the relationship you have with yourself. You ask yourself questions like, who am I really? What do I really believe, really like, or really want to do as examples? Publicly, your actions align with that inner voice. This takes practice as some of us are conditioned to put others' beliefs and needs ahead of our own, and some are conditioned to see vulnerability as weakness. Many parents are caught up in keeping up with the Joneses in some way, shape, or form, and with the invention of social media, looking outside of ourselves for validation has become celebrated and mainstreamed. So to practice reveal, it requires work and commitment from you, moment to moment. It might mean to move towards topics or wounds that are scary, or to reveal parts of yourself or your past that are uncomfortable. To practice it also means to step into your uniqueness and quirkiness and to share that with the world. If you want to wear sloth socks to brunch like I did today, do it. If you want to dance like no one's watching, I highly recommend you do it. I know that nothing motivates you more than ensuring your kid is happy and successful. You want them to have healthy, loving relationships and you want to feel connected to them. Start by healing the relationship you have with yourself and developing awareness around your own inner world, your upbringing and the life of your mind. If you haven't done this, you will continue to repeat toxic patterns passed down to you through the people who have raised you. Start by loving yourself, honoring yourself, and having fun with you. So what does this look like at home? Well, it's willingness and action in examining your own inner world, identifying the why behind maybe some fears or your patterns. It's potentially seeking counseling or expert research or thinking. That was my dog shaking in the background. It's not judging yourself when you look in the mirror. Pay attention to that inner dialogue. It's crying, laughing, dancing, goofing without worrying what others think. It's saying no when others expect yes 
or disagreeing with someone you love, even when you know it might cause friction. So it's a lot more than that, but that's a good place to start. Some conversation starters to boost that authentic connection with your middle schooler. Is there anything about me that you're curious about? Do you think I show you the real me? I wanted to keep the peace, but honestly, I'm feeling so frustrated. I feel nervous to tell you this, but it's a big part of my life. I'm seeking this out because I know it's the best thing for me and for our relationship. So that wraps up Reveal the Real You. Next up, engage to bring high quality presence. Let me ask you something. When your kid enters a room, do you light up? If the answer is no, there's still hope. And obviously you're not going to light up every single time they enter a room. This is We're living in COVID times after all. There's a lot of togetherness. They might be driving you crazy or you're on high alert for any possible eye roll or disrespectful tone. But through engagement, you can transition to a more optimistic approach. So consider this. All behavior is really communication. And to fully engage is to bring quality attention and presence to whatever is happening with your kid even when it's messy, complicated, or inconvenient. In doing so, you communicate, I'm here for you. You matter to me no matter what you do. In the moment, this means you're putting down your phone and you're in the moment with them. Let's say they bring you a challenge. To engage means you're sitting with it, with them, without trying to fix or solve it. To engage is to practice fully seeing your kid for who they are, not who you want them to be. So they are then willing to be seen and to be vulnerable themselves. You see their thoughts, their emotions, their attitudes, and you encourage their social life. In other times, this means practicing seeing the world as they see it. When you practice seeing the world from their perspective, you communicate Your viewpoint matters to me. And that is empathy in action right there. And they're absorbing that. I have this phrase that I share, which is see who they are, see what they see, let them see you and let them be or give them space to develop independently. This is what it means to engage. So at home to engage is to be receptive instead of reactive to how they're showing up. Communicate you're interested in them, even when they're pushing you away. You respect the space they need while saying the words, when you're ready, I'm here for you. Getting curious about their love of, insert whatever they love, video games, makeup, cheerleading, football, science, chemistry, whatever it is. Asking if you can do an activity with them. And then ask them to teach you about it. So instead of trying to mind read and put words in their mouth, which, you know, unintentionally, it actually diminishes them feeling empowered. You say, I wonder if you're feeling dot, 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 and just wait. And then you wait for them to respond. So some conversation starters for Engage are, what I hear you saying is blank, blank, blank. This is known as mirroring. You are mirroring what they said right back to them. 
I'd love to know what you think about dot, 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 and then something important to you. This is, you know, you're asking them a question and feedback based on something that's important to you. Um, and you want them to engage because you want their input. Um, or something like, messy feelings are all a part of being human. I'm here for you. No judgment. Anything coming up for you lately? So the list goes on, but that is a good starter for conversation starters for engage. All right. L, moving right along, is for listen. Listen deeply without an agenda. Whew, this is a biggie, parents, and it takes some practice. Two ears and one mouth for a reason. Am I right? And also, the first 10 years are for parents to do the talking, and the next 10 are for us to do some listening. I'm sure you've heard that before. So there is a balance in here, and it's to make sure when you are listening, you're listening deeply without an agenda. To listen is not just to open your ears to what they are saying. It's to become a detective to what they are expressing with all their senses and through all their layers. It's listening with your heart and your head combined with your full presence. So do you ever feel like your kid never listens to you or that an entire day has gone by and you can't recall a good conversation you had? In today's world of endless distractions and everyone vying for each other's attention, we listen with partial attention, a phone in our hand, the TV on, or while responding to a text. The problem is that life happens in these moments and they become missed opportunities to connect with what's happening with our kids. Technology structures in our society have created unconscious behaviors that lead us to shutting people out. Then we're not even intentionally doing it. We would never, if we knew the effect that it had, we wouldn't do it, which is why you start here. And this especially goes for people that were around all the time. So it goes against the grain to make this conscious decision to put your phone away at dinner or out of sight when you're in each other's presence. But when you truly listen and you do that, you communicate, there isn't anything else I'd rather be doing. As a result, they feel valued by you and they learn the value of being less distracted and more focused in each moment. You don't have to explicitly tell them, hey, you're super distracted or you're not listening to me. Practice you fully listening and modeling it. What you're saying is important to me. I respect your perspective. Active listening means being aware of their body language, their facial expressions, and their demeanor, all key components of nonverbal communication. So often we're just waiting our turn to talk. We have a set outcome for the conversation before anyone has said a word. This is what I refer to as a personal agenda. Listening without a personal agenda is one of the greatest gifts you can give your adolescent and honestly, anyone. The number one complaint I hear from sixth or ninth graders and older is that their parents don't listen to them. They don't understand them. So at a time when they require more independence, you want to honor their process through this deep listening practice and practice letting go of what should be happening and accept or welcome what is. Practice releasing any judgment you have of whatever they're sharing as this invalidates them and makes them pull away. 
So this requires patience and pausing before responding, but it invites conversation without demanding it. What this looks like at home? So this means to pay close attention to your nonverbal communication through eye contact and a slight smile. Um, A furrowed brow can equal anger to your adolescent. So let's say that you, you demonstrate that you wanna listen but your brow is furrowed, they're not going to open up. There's, I've got some cool information on that in another episode that I will share. Check the judgment in your mind or that comes out of your mouth moment to moment. Is that your true feeling or maybe a fear that you're projecting? Some prompts to get you in listening mode and nudge them to open up when they're ready. Do you want me to help you problem solve or Do you just want me to listen? I'm wondering how you're feeling right now. Let me know if you just want me to listen. Simple responses such as, I see, I understand. Tell me more. Or you could ask questions that mirror what they're saying without assuming. What I hear you saying is you're frustrated. Am I right? Or simply don't say anything at all. Just a simple hand on a shoulder or eye contact will do. Next up is to attune, tune into their state of being. Like a radio dial, to attune is to become receptive to the signal your kid is sending verbally and non-verbally. It's the process of getting on the same page by getting into harmony with their state of being. To attune is also to Tap into the intangible energy you share. It's there whether you believe it or not. Chances are they feel it even if they don't have the language to express it and neither do you. So let's say your kid gets in the car slumped and yells, don't talk to me. Simply turning off external noise, the radio, and just calmly saying, I'm here for you when you're ready. And sitting with the silence is a form of attunement. Or maybe some soft music in the background would actually be great just saying, I'm here for you. Instead of seeing these moments that often arise as a burden or a challenge, attunement is an amazing opportunity to deepen your connection. This means to first accept a situation, no matter how uncomfortable, and to turn towards them physically and emotionally. You don't take it on as something you did or as your problem. It's the practice of relating to them where they're at and responding with empathy without projecting your own beliefs. So this process builds emotional and social connections and intelligence as they are seeing this modeled by you, both being directly linked to true belonging and success. Attunement actively builds a secure attachment between you. Times will get tough. There will be hard experiences and big feelings. Hello, stuff will hit the fan. But through attunement, you model that nothing can get in the way of you being on the same team. The security is priceless. It gives them the mental, emotional, and spiritual boost and grit to face any challenge. So what does this look like at home? Well, it means you practice observing without evaluating. You practice tuning into their emotions like, say, fear or anger, but not making them your emotions. Um, Whether they are excited or slumped, you mirror with eye contact without mocking them. 
So this means that you can sense their intention or their mindset as well as understand their behavior or simply being together. Sometimes all it takes is sitting next to them and just hanging out for them to feel that attunement. Connection and conversation boosters might be, you take a deep breath and you say, that looked hard. Are you okay? Or anything on your mind? Or simply, can I give you a hug? Or how about, can I get you anything? So here is the next component of the relate method. It is T trust, reciprocate, say, then do. So a key component of adolescence is your kid's biological wiring to become independent from you, whether we like it or not, right? This stage is that bridge that I've talked about over and over, which is a bridge from young adult to young child, excuse me, to an adult. The choices your kid makes now can impact them into their adult years. And that's what makes it so scary. I get it. The stakes are becoming higher. You must practice building trust together while modeling what it means for them to trust themselves. Whether you like it or not, they're going to seek out risks and you want to make sure they choose the safest risks. When you encourage them to take safe risks and guide them to use their own internal compass, you communicate, I trust you to make smart decisions for yourself. There will be pressures. There will be mistakes made. They will question themselves and what they believe to be right and wrong. The goal is not for them to be perfect, but it's for them to have a strong inner dialogue that they trust. One where they follow their gut with what is aligned for their highest good, even if it means criticism from peers. Trust between you also includes transparent accountability. Going back to that accountability piece. If you say you're going to do something, you need to follow through. And if you don't follow through or you can't for whatever reason, you need to own it. This is the reciprocal say then do ratio that I mentioned before for both of you. So what does this look like at home? Well, it means when faced with an everyday challenge, ask them what their heart is telling them to do. Then respect what they say, validate it. Or when you ask them what's wrong or to open up in some way, be cautious of your judgments when they finally do. When you are cautious and you reserve judgment, they trust they can be vulnerable with you. Or this means to ask them for their input on something important to you or to demonstrate your own inner dialogue with yourself that you don't betray your own self. So conversation starters for this one might be, I now understand how hard that was for you when I did that. Like, let's say they shared something, how they felt about something you did. You validate them and you say, I'm going to work on that. And then you back it up with action. Or simply saying the words, I trust you're going to make a smart decision, empowers them to prove it to you. Or maybe, I remember middle school like it was yesterday and I made some sketchy decisions and broke trust with people. Can I share a story with you? And you vulnerably share your own story of something you experienced within your comfort zone. And they, you share a little bit of your own humanity and they trust 
because you're being vulnerable with them, it they feel more inclined to be open and vulnerable with you. So final letter in the relate method is E to elevate. Adolescence, it's no secret, has gotten a very bad reputation over the years as being the worst, most dreaded stage of child development by parents. Adolescents might have some fun. Um, They may also have a lot of struggles and it's really dreaded by parents. So to elevate is to believe and act beyond the status quo. This requires parents, you to shift your mindset from survive to thrive. How can you do that? Well, to elevate is to embrace this stage as the opportunity that it is, which is to grow, connect, and create. And the result is feeling empowered when society is telling you otherwise. Yes, your kid might be pulling away, which is hard. Remember, this is just nature's way of preparing their brain and body to one day move out and become a contributing adult which is what you want. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, this is also when they start to look at you and see you for what you actually are, which is a flawed human being. And that's hard too. We all are. And it's important for them to know that and experience that. As Dr. Siegel says, humanity needs their kind of critical thinking and internal spark. It's what allows generation after generation to improve and innovate because adolescents approach life with this kind of creative mindset and adults and could and should learn a lot from this perspective. So to elevate is to simultaneously practice being a foundation of acceptance and love and a platform from which they launch toward their dreams. So it's where you honor the person your kid is already while helping them form the beliefs, connections, and skills they need on the road to becoming a fully expressed human being. So to elevate is to emphasize the importance of taking care of their inner world beyond the material world. This practice decreases isolation, loneliness, and desperate acts during a time when they need and crave connection. In some cases, to elevate them is to literally It's a live or die issue. So to elevate is to bring awareness to perspectives and experiences that lift you and your kid up and keep moving you towards your highest good. To seek out information, resources, media, books, communities that elevate you toward your highest good. It's the practice of growth mindset in the moment, self-care, non-judgment, and optimism for the future through your daily minute-by-minute actions. When your kid learns to elevate, they learn what it means to change their world for the better based on their perception. So what does this look like at home? This means that you ride the wave of their emotions with flow and ease instead of holding on for dear life with fear and anger. This means you actively demonstrate how you view challenges as opportunities to learn and grow. You ask yourself, what can I learn from them? You model mental, physical, and spiritual self-care. So this means you might seek out growth opportunities or counseling or something where you're working on yourself or exercise to feel strong and healthy, not just to be thin or to fit into some mold. This means you seek out nature 
and share some of your own inner world, some conversation starters that really get you to think about how you can elevate. I learn so much from you all the time. I really want to become a better cook. Any foods you want me to try to make for you or that we can make together? This is obviously for me and the mouths of me. I can't live without my hot baths. What do you feel like your body can't live without? This also gets them thinking about their connection to their body. In this family, when we get knocked down seven times, we get up eight. You've got this and I'm with you all the way. And that, my friends, is the Relate Method. R, reveal the real you. E, engage. L, listen. A, attune. T, trust. And E, elevate. When you are facing any challenge with your middle schooler and you want to support them in a way that won't make them slam the door or cringe, come back again and again to this method. You won't be perfect and you don't need to. If you can show up in one or two of these ways every day, this will have your back. It will leave you knowing you have done what you need to to give yourself and your middle schooler the confidence and connection you are both craving. It will give you your unbreakable bond. If you like this podcast, review, rate, share it so other parents like you can find resources like these to lift them up on this parenting journey. And remember, parenting a middle schooler is not for the faint of heart, but you were made for each other. If you commit to showing up each day for yourself and for them, your lives will change for the better. Thank you so much for listening to the Elevated Adolescence podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share so more people like you can be elevated through these middle school years. It truly takes a village. Until next time, be well. Thank you.